1: to catch up with the one and only Leslie Stahl, one of our great journalists. You know Leslie from 60 Minutes, where she's been for over 30 years, White House correspondent. Uh, Just Leslie paid her dues from the time she started out on Face the Nation, was a moderator, all the world leaders. When we talk about people having great careers, I'm telling you, Leslie Stahl comes to mind because no one has it all as we know. But Leslie, a fabulous career that's fascinating, a life that's beside her career, a daughter, a husband. I don't know about the dog, but she really does do it all. How are you, Leslie? I haven't talked to you in ages.
0: I'm really good. That was one amazing introduction. Wow, you went through my life. (laughs) <laughs> nothing
1: left. There, you know what? <laughs> Knowing you, there's always something exciting <laughs> left when you think about it. And when you think about it, and I forgot to mention a couple of books thrown in there for good measure, too. It's, it's like almost hard to believe, right? Because you look up and 60 minutes over 30 years, the whole kitten caboodle. Well,
0: you do. You look up and you say... Wow, did I live all of that? You're absolutely right. And it is, it's a lot. 30 years at 60 minutes, about roughly 20 stories a year. Mm. You know, someone asked me the other day my favorite story. Ridiculous. have 500, I can't even think of my top 10, you know. So it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: Listen, Leslie, I finish an interview. I'll come out of a studio and someone will say, who was that? And I'll go, "Oh, I barely once a week finish with them it's like it's like it's over, but it is really incredible when you think about history and what a part really you played in it. I mean, I remember you covering Watergate forever right, right.
0: The value in that, I think is that I can look back. And say, these are not necessarily the worst of times, Uh, because you and I, um, we're not going to tell how old we are, but you and I remember the 60s uh, when there were riots in the inner cities and kids who were marching against the Vietnam War were being shot on college campuses. The animosity toward Nixon was the way that's similar to the animosity to Trump by half the country. Just have to, it was the same.
1: So, right. you
0: get a little perspective when you start to look back on all the things that we have seen, and it makes you a little more hopeful because if we can come out of past upheavals, you get to think, well, you know, we'll get our way through this moment in our lives.
1: I know there's your off ed piece for one of the major newspapers because I do find there's like a collective cloud over so many people trying to be hopeful and trying to see light, but it's been a long, almost two years with what's gone on in the world with the virus and the whole thing. I'm curious though, I know how competitive the whole news world is and even shows like 60 Minutes in terms of getting the good story. Do you pick the story or do the producers pick the story and say, this is yours.
0: Uh, at sixty minutes, we pick our own stories, but the boss has to approve it. And if it's the biggest story of the day or the week, everybody wants to do it. So of while course. we have, yeah, proposed stories, um, the producers do have uh, a lot of power, and who does what, and in fact, what gets on the air. Uh, you know, it's friendly competition. It's not cutthroat, even even when Mike Wallace was there, because he had that oh. reputation. <laughs> he would have stopped he, anybody. And he did steal one of my big stories away from me, but it was never cutthroat. There was always, at least in my mind, I don't know if everybody else would agree, but in my mind, uh, there was civility um, and affection, affection
1: for each other. But and also... You, everyone likes you. I've talked to people who have written books about 60 minutes and a lot of people are like, Oh, am I glad I don't work with them? But it was never you. You were always, I want to be Leslie Stahl. I love Leslie Stahl because you sort of keep the peace and keep well, them all I going.
0: Think, I don't, I don't think that's true that everybody likes Leslie Stahl by, um, you know, a mile, but but I will tell you that when I went to 60 Minutes, my girlfriend, Diane Sawyer, who had been there, mm. gave me wonderful advice. Like? She said, like, don't get into the politics of the place. You know, just stay away from it. Stay away from the gossip. Stay away from any internal junk that was going on. Put your head down. Do your stories. And, you know, the stories by themselves are so so interesting, you've chosen them yourself. You care about them. You're going to meet the most fascinating people mm. in the world. I'm not talking about heads of state at all. I'm talking about the experts we find. I'm talking about the human interest stories. I'm talking about being able to cover every kind of story there is. You know, we investigate. We do human interests. We interview people from all walks of life. And you can have a full, complete, total career life without getting into the, you know, the politics and the gossip in the office. And I've really, really tried hard to do that. And I think there's a little protective covering that comes from that. Because if you're not in the swirl, you know, you're not a pot shot. So, yeah. Right. And and you've. I am for
1: that. You've got to have strong insides, too, because even when a Mike Wallace allegedly giving you a story and then decides too good, he's going to keep it himself. You sort of learn to step over it and go on to what's important if you can.
0: That's true. But I will say about Mike, uh, it just I mean, he's sui generous. There's nobody who ever lived ever who was like Mike Wallace. And you'd get angry at him. And then he had the most incredible uh, way of worming himself into your heart. He was so fun. He had redeeming qualities. Um, And you you were always forgiving him. And that was true of everybody in the office. He stole stories from everybody. And you'd get furious (laughs) for a minute, and then he'd give you an impish smile and kind of say, look, you know, it's a game. Come on, lighten up, kiddo. Um, And you do have to have a sense of humor, really. You do have to be able to laugh at yourself and at the situation. Um, And I say that now, you know, I'm looking back, I'm older, I can really laugh at the situation now. It wasn't always easy. (laughs) You No. The only benefit of growing
1: older, the only benefit, you get a little perspective. Yeah, no, a couple of other benefits too. And a celebration. That after over 30 years with this particular show, you're still going strong or still at top of your game. When you were White House correspondent, now n- no one really knows, you know, it looks like the most glamorous assignments in the world. Pop on the presidential plane, have your ear right to the door. Is it like that or is it a lot of drudgery?
0: the white house i loved covering the white house so let me start there um there i got such a rush from the deadline daily deadline pressure you know meeting that deadline is catharsis every day you get addicted Mm. to it there's an adrenaline thing going on in your body that you literally get addicted to there's a lot of drudgery but the pressure every day not to be beaten by Judy Woodruff was at NBC, and, right. and was at ABC, and I was at CBS, and we, we were competing with each other every day. The pressure was intense. So even while you stood around waiting, I mean, it's a job of waiting. You're waiting for uh, the press secretary to tell you something. You're waiting for the person who's in with the president to come out and give you a little interview. It's waiting, but the pressure on you constantly was exhilarating exhilarating mm. so uh, and and again the idea that i you would have to be involved in every single kind of topic you can think of everything i mean throw weights obviously in the budget boring but uh, there was the president's personal life there was politics there was uh, all kinds of social issues and cultural issues. Everything came across the president's desk and one president being so different from the next. So the idea that you were dealing not only with different personalities and different outlooks, um, but different attitudes toward the press. So we were being right with from hostility to acceptance, to tolerance, to his, more hostility. I don't know. It was, uh, I, I liked covering that. I like the, I guess I liked the intensity of it.
1: Well, and also you were the first woman, as I remember, to have that job. And tell me if I'm wrong, I, you, you covered Carter yes. and Reagan and yes. Bush. That's a lot of presidents to cover.
0: Well and, and the point is that they were all completely different different from each other. yeah whipsaw in not just in their uh in the issues that they were dealing with but and and in their philosophies but also in their personalities and their personalities determined the personality of the whole institution, the white house so yeah it was it was it, it was thrilling, and when I got to sixty minutes, you know. People kept saying, well, how are you adjusting? The honest truth, and I didn't talk about this very much, but it was actually easier, believe it or not. It was easier. The, the, the deadline pressure was not daily. Uh, we could take more time to think. At the White House, you know, you're on the air every day. There's not a lot of thinking. Today, you know, with the Internet, there's no thinking time. Zero. We at least, you know, had a couple of hours where we could make phone calls and ask people for advice and uh, get the opposite side of the story. Um, but at, the, at 60 Minutes, we have quite a bit of time to make those phone calls and think, and- look for the opposite perspective. So, you know, it, it was easier and, and fun in its own way.
1: Right. And all the world leaders that you met, I often wondered when I watched you through the various, um, well, most of it, 60 minutes, but even before when you had Arafat, I mean, people who were names, but we never really got to see what made them tick. But you did. Was that nerve wracking when you knew that you were on a big stage with the biggest names in the world?
0: You know, it's very, 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 I don't know why, but very few people have intimidated me in my career. Uh, I always, uh, I don't know why, I, I can't explain it, but very few. There was one, however, and it was, uh, it was an interview I did online, so we weren't in the same room. He was across the world somewhere, and there was a general, an American general, Norman Schwarzkopf, and somehow, He was a
1: famous general.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but he, he intimidated me across the, from the other side of the world. I don't know what I would have done if we'd been in the same room together. So mm. <laughs> um, otherwise, otherwise um, I don't know. You know, there's a little bit of control that, that a head of state or a secretary of state turns over to an interviewer. And it's kind of equalizing.
1: You That's know, really answer- interesting.
0: Yeah, they're answering your question, uh, and I cannot explain why Schwarzkopf had me so back on my heels, but he did.
1: <laughs> All those medals were intimidating.
0: Yeah, they blinded me. I don't know. I, you know, I don't. I can't explain why I wasn't intimidated by. You know, oh, I'll tell you one other one who did intimidate me, and this was in person. It, it was Margaret
1: Thatcher. You're she kidding? Was, Why?
0: Oh, she was so intelligent. You know, the 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 Brits stand up to questioning in their weekly confrontation in in Parliament, and I just think she was well practiced at batting the ball back, and intensely, and whatever questions I asked. She came right back at me. Um, concept, you know, you talk about a tennis match, and she was hitting me in the face every oh. time she tossed <laughs> the ball. Up. I wasn't. It wasn't intimidating the way it was with Schwarzkopf, but it was beyond challenging. And she won that match ten to nothing. You
1: know, mm. <laughs> that's brilliant. so funny. Oh my gosh! Did you? ever figure out i mean it's long gone but people still talk about that when you had the donald trump interview and it it was a perfectly interesting it was going along and all of a sudden he gets up and like he's had enough and walked out did you ever figure out what motivated him to do that you weren't really killing him
0: (laughs) right exactly uh no i i don't know i think he you really want to know what I honestly think? Yeah. Like what do what? I'll tell you, but I can't get into his head. I don't know if this was why, because you're right. It seemed to come out of nowhere. But I think at some point he realized that he was not coming off well, because I when when he wasn't telling the truth, I was challenging, as many other you know interviewers did with him. But it it was intensely. Uh, challenging on my part he'd say something he had said it before so we knew that he might say it again and i was briefed and ready so i was always challenging him on what he was saying and i think had, by the point that he got up he just said to himself i'm i'm not winning this
1: right enough
0: but he didn't stomp off i know it may have looked that way He didn't stomp off. He just said, "Okay, I think you have enough and got up. And it was a friendly departure. He said, I'll see you later. We had a date to do a walk together, uh, you know, outside. And And, uh, he got back to the Oval Office and decided, no, I'm not doing the walk. (laughs) He decided that he was angry. Um, But none of that was in the room at the time. So, you know, it's all.
1: That uh, was that. That was that. You know, I'm curious now that um, the world has changed a little bit, maybe we're more normal. I'm still afraid to believe it. But have your stories changed in terms of what you want to do, what you're looking for, what you think people care about? Not
0: really. Um, You know, what happens, each one of us at 60 Minutes has a team, um, a team of producers there are four producers on my team and each one of them are responsible for coming up with story ideas. I am responsible for coming up with ideas and we sit around. Um, I try to have a mix each year so that all my stories aren't politics or all my stories aren't, you know, environment. So I try to have a mix. That's always been true. And of course, it's dependent on what the big stories of the day are. Um, global warming is a huge story right now. Yeah, we will. I will do a couple of those, which I wouldn't have done a, a year before. Mm-hmm. But generally, you know, I like to have a medical story. I like to have, I like to interview one celebrity, not too many. They're hard. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> one of the hardest things
1: in the world. Why uh, do you think, Leslie, I'm talking to Leslie Shaw by the way, 60 Minutes. Why do you think celebrities are so hard?
0: um, Well, because they're used to uh, their own press. You know, there's an entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as what we do. So they're expecting to have much more control over the process. Then we allow. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to tell them questions in advance. We're not allowed. Meaning our standards say we can't do that. Uh, We want to see some something that they haven't shown the world before. That's personal. We want to go home with them. Uh, All these things that make it difficult because they push back. They're not used to that. I'm
1: not going to
0: do well. This is you agreed to a sixty minutes interview. This is part of the problem. But it is. <laughs> yeah. And the interviews can, you're trying to get behind the mask and they're trying to prevent you from that. And a lot of the other interviews we do are on, on an issue. The person who's agreed to talk, wants to talk, um, has come on, but the subject they've agreed to talk about is the subject at hand. It's not their whole life. Profiles uh-huh. so, in general. Profiles of of anybody, uh, very hard. I find that those are the hardest to tell about someone's life. Imagine, right. you know, you're pressing it into 13 minutes. <laughs>
1: Extremely
0: hard, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's complicated. Is your life easier? Your daughter is grown, has her own family now? You know, that pressure and you travel so much for what you do. So there were a lot of complicated years, but you did it. But do you feel that it's a little easier, looser than it was during those years?
0: Um, Well, I'm going to be candid with
1: you, Joan, because you're my girlfriend. Uh, My husband has Parkinson's disease. I know. How is Aaron? He's
0: not doing great because he had COVID. COVID So did you. Yeah, but I recovered instantly. And when you have Parkinson's, and the, his tough. doctor told me about this, uh, it, it just plays havoc with, his, with that kind of neurological disorder. Mm. So it, it, you would think that things would be easy, but I don't like. I travel a lot, and I don't like to leave him. And it, it, so there's a whole new chapter and a whole new right. array of pressures. So, yeah.
1: so if you travel... And it's not like across the world. Does he come with you a lot? Well, he used to, um, mm-hmm. but
0: he really can't anymore. Um, and he mm-hmm. used to up to Park uh, till till COVID. Yeah. So it's. A new I'm
1: fashion. sorry. Yeah. No. Is he writing? No. 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 Leslie's husband, a wonderful writer, with a lot of major. Things under his belt, well, including, Leslie, including
0: including the movie Urban Cowboy,
1: uh, which is and two other
0: movies, but Urban Cowboy you can a classic done television and a right. lot of books, about ten books. He had a brilliant career, but no, he can't write anymore.
1: No, so, I'm so sorry. And on a good note, the grandbabies, yes, yeah, they're great.
0: They're fabulous. <laughs> if any grandparent who's listening will tell you. And I, uh, you, are you a grandmother?
1: Yes, John oh. and Christina with Stella.
0: All right, then you would know that there's oh,
1: the best. No, they... Exactly.
0: How, how can you describe that love? You can't even express it. So
1: it's no, it's, and they live too far though. Mine are yeah. in LA, I know yours are on the west coast too.
0: Yes it's far. It's thank okay. For FaceTime. Thank goodness for airplanes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk a lot
1: on, and we look at each other a lot. I know that's important. Leslie, thank you. I love catching up. We'll see you Sunday, every Sunday, every Thanks. week. An amazing story. We're thinking Always of you fun. and yours. I know, love talking to you. Take care of yourself, say hello to your husband and we'll do this again.